We have a very special guest speaking to you. He is our one of half of our serve team leaders, one of my best friends, and he's got an incredible word. He spoke with me on Tuesday because he's awesome prepared, and it challenged me, and I just think it's it's for our generation. Dr. Brandon talked about shame and guilt. Woo, last week it got heavy. And then Seth's going to talk about a really big topic that I think is going to really bless you. So will you guys give a loud and proud welcome for Seth Tomboy? Come on, you got to get loud elevation. It's a big deal. Hey. What's up, Elevation? Y'all doing all right? <clears throat> I'm going to get a drink real quick. Uh, that feeling when Amir is about to introduce you and you forgot to use the restroom uh, before you get up here, just saying, that's awkward. <laughs> Man, so if I'm shaking, it's because I got to pee. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I really do. Um, cool. Well, hey, if I haven't got the chance to meet you yet, my name is Seth uh, Tomboli, and um, I have been here in Conway now for about five years, went to CBC all that good stuff. Uh, but before I tell you any more about me, uh, would y'all give it up for your pastor, Pastor Amir? This guy is amazing. He is a servant leader. The reason uh, ministry has been any what successful for me is because I get to follow him, and I just want to give credit to him. Uh, he, he's the bomb diggity. So however you ended up here tonight, we're thankful and we're glad that you're here. Uh, I came several years ago uh, to buy a watch. Some of you have heard that story. I, I literally came in those doors uh, I came to get a watch, and some girl was like, hey, come into service. And I was like, why not? And then I found out who Jesus was, and my life changed. It was awesome. Uh, but, man, if you, do, do you know my wife? Does everybody in here know my wife? My wife is sitting up front, Kendra Tomboli. I'll give it up for my wife. Yes, yes, she is amazing. Uh, that's my best friend, my boo. I don't say bae because the school and, and high school, oh, my gosh, I just can't do it. Okay. Um, but y'all, I'm excited to preach tonight. Um, we get to oversee the serve team, and uh, this church has changed our lives. Um, a lot has happened over the past uh, three or four years, and it's been amazing. So before we get into the word, if y'all would, join me in prayer, and then we're going to dive in. Uh, Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for tonight. God, I thank you for an opportunity to speak and, and share a burden that you've put on my heart. God, I pray that people walk out of here different. Um, all of us, including myself, I pray that you speak to me and speak through me tonight. Um, God, that you can remind me of my mess-ups, my shortcomings, my failures, um, God, and that we can use those, God, we can use those things to serve you. I pray that people walk out of here changed tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So if you don't know, I work for a nonprofit here in Conway and get to do some stuff uh, here with Elevation, but the nonprofit I work for is called Choosing to Excel. Has anybody heard about it? I got a few people, uh, nobody. So um, Choosing to Excel, I work for them, and basically I go into schools and I teach kids um, about 500 to 1,000 of them a week, depending on what school we're in. I teach them how to say no to drugs, how to say no to alcohol. And then also, we talk about abstinence. I say, hey, don't have sex until you're married, um, which is really hard to do without the Bible. I don't know if you know that. Um, so you have to scare them with STDs and all kinds of stuff like that. Not that I have those to give to them, but um, uh, just you have to tell them and educate them, right? Uh, but anyways, I love my job. Okay, I love my job. Every day I wake up, sometimes Kendra has to hear me complain uh, because I'm, I'm tired. I don't feel like speaking seven hours straight in a classroom and get boogers flicked and people, all kinds of stuff, man. But I see some funny stuff. Okay, before we get in the world, I got to tell y'all, um, I see some funny stuff. The other day I walked in the restroom. Um, the story's not going to go like you think it's going. Uh, it's not a potty joke. Um, I walked in the restroom and I saw a kid flushing the toilet. He'd been flushing it probably 25 times. I was just staring at him the heck is wrong with you? Like, and he turned around, he was like, oh, I didn't do nothing, y'all. There was water like flowing like Niagara Falls in this bathroom. And so I'm like treading through the water because I had to use the restroom, right? Teacher's lounge was full. 
weird, right? Uh, I've got a class um, on Fridays. This is my favorite class that I go to, one of my favorites. A uh, student sits up front. He sits on the left side, and, and he, I call him a lurker. So what, what that is, is that this, I, I'm not making this up, okay? You can come shadow me on Friday if you want tomorrow, and you will see this student. I'm not going to say his name, Greg. Um, so he sits, <laughs> he sits on his chair, and he lurks, and he stares at me, and he doesn't blink, so if you don't know what lurking is, it's what an animal does before they pounce on their prey. I'm in front of the class. I feel like the prey, okay? I don't know. It scares, it scares me pretty bad, okay? Well, anyways, this, this kid, he never talks, never blinks. He stares at me, um, and I stay on the other side of the classroom during this class because, he, I mean, he, he scares me. I'm not, I'm not going to make it up. So um, I, I always start off the lesson on Fridays by saying, hey, how's your week? You know, what are you planning on doing this weekend? And so, he, you know, he raises his hand because before you talk to High school students about not having sex and all that stuff, you have to like, get them talking, right? So uh, he raised his hand. I was like, dude, it's about to talk. So I called on him, and he was like eager. He got out of his chair. He said, you know, you know what I'm doing this weekend? I was like, no. <laughs> no, Greg. I'm not, uh, sorry, unspoken name. Um, no, Greg, I don't know what you're doing, okay? And he said, well, I'm trying out the electric chair this weekend. I was like, oh, boy. I looked at the teacher, and I was like, is he serious? <laughs> Anyways, he's like, it's like a miniature electric chair. Uh, my neighbor's got this uh, stray cat. I told some of his herb team last week. He was dead serious, okay? I don't know if he owns one of these, but we need to pray for him tonight. Uh, I'm believing healing on his life. Uh, anyways, what I, the reason I share that story with you is uh, shortly after that, he sat down. Well, he lurked back into his seat, and uh, he said, uh, Seth, I, I wanted to tell you last week, uh, but, I, but man, I, I'm so angry. I'm depressed. I've got three, three personalities. He starts telling me all this stuff, and honestly, I didn't know what to say to him. But basically what this, this student was dealing with, this is a ninth grader at Conway Junior High, and he, he's carrying a label. He's got something attached to him that defines him, and every single person in this room, including myself, walked into here with something attached to them. I don't know what it is, but I'm believing that, that God is going to speak to you tonight and show you what that is. Um, the title of tonight's message, if you have uh, something to write with, you're taking notes, it is called Breaking the Labels That Bind You. Breaking the Labels That Bind You. So a label, uh, Google is, is my best friend, a label is something that is attached to an object that gives information about it or defines it. So it may be uh, you're a hothead, you're a pothead, you're an alcoholic, you're an addict. Uh, maybe you struggle with anger, you're angry. Maybe you're an addict, you're addicted to a substance or maybe addicted to approval. Uh, maybe, whatever it may be, you carry a label with you. I just want God to help you see it tonight. So whatever negative label uh, follows your name, I'm believing that you're gonna be able to leave here tonight. Okay, so I want you to write your name. Everybody do this. Write your name on your paper, whatever your name is. So mine would be Seth, obviously, and then write the word the, and then I want you to write the label. You don't have to show your neighbor, okay? We ain't trying to bust nobody out. Sh write it down. I want you to identify the label. Take a couple seconds, write it down, and I'm believing that God is going to speak to you tonight. So my label was Seth the liar or Seth the hypocrite. There was a lot of different things that I carried at one point in my life. Uh, but I know in Scripture, because I love God's Word, uh, Jesus is the only one in the Bible that called people by what they struggled with. The adulterer, the thief, the murderer, the person that struggles with anger. And I believe that Jesus called people by their sin because he's the only person who can call you from it. 
And I'm, I'm completely confident in that because he did that in my life, and I'm so excited to be able to share with you. Everybody repeat after me. You are not what you do. We're going to do it again. Repeat after me. You are not what you do. You are not what you have done. You are who God says that you are. I've heard so many people, I'm angry, I'm depressed, I'm a drunk, I'm unloved. No, I'm never going to find somebody that carry a label, even if you have lived up to the label. Because the label that I used to carry and sometimes that I walk around with, which is pride, it's true. I'm not saying the label that you carry isn't true. I'm saying most likely the reason you carry it is because it's true. But what you have to know that whatever is true about you tonight doesn't have to be true about you tomorrow. Because the word of God, the spirit of God, and you inviting Jesus to join this journey called life with you, it changes you. And you get to get rid of that label. God's truth, I want you to write this down. God's truth about you is always bigger than your truth about yourself. God's truth about you is always bigger than your truth about yourself. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if you have a Bible, uh, it says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. And so, man, if, if you want to break a label and you're curious about what this could look like in your life, uh, this is the way that God will break the label. You can't break it. You could try to break it, but you're really just going to be faking it to make it. Okay, that was like a, that was a wrap, man. That's pretty good. Uh, but God can break the label in your life. First point, number one, God will give you a new name. God will give you a new name. Isaiah 62, verse 2, it says, The nations will see your righteousness. World leaders will be blinded by your glory, and you will be given a new name by the Lord's own mouth. The message version, I like the way this sounds. It says, you'll get a brand new name straight from the mouth of God. All right, that's pretty, that sums it up pretty good. Um, you'll get a, a new name. So when I first heard this scripture, I was like, I didn't get no new name. Okay, who in here has wanted a different name at least one point in their life? Y'all ain't got to lie. Don't, okay. So I wanted like hammer or like ox, something really strong, right? Um, because there's been times in my life, third grade was super awkward, right? And uh, even sixth, seventh, last year was even awkward for me. Um, there's been times I've wanted a new name, right? But God... He doesn't physically give you the name maybe that you want, but here's some names that he's given me over the past couple years. Seth is called. He's determined. He's faithful. He's reliable. He's a good, a good not a good brother, but a good one, okay? <laughs> he's a good brother. These things were not true before I knew Christ. I don't want you to think I'm up here tooting my horn, whatever that means, okay? But before I knew Christ, none of these things were true. But now that I do know Christ, most of the time they are, Okay? because I'm not perfect. God's power is always bigger than your past. And that was really, really hard for me to hold on to and believe for myself, but I'm believing that God is gonna speak to you tonight. Uh, some examples in scripture of name changes, okay? Not identity changes, but name changes. Abram and Sarah. You may know them of, of Abraham and Sarah. So these people were told that they were gonna be the father and mother of many generations. They got old and they ended up having some kids, all right? It's kind of weird. Um, but they, they had a lot of kids. Before they did that, God said, I'm gonna give you a new name. Became Abraham and Sarah. But with that new name, he gave them a new purpose, okay? He gave them a new purpose. So with that new name, it, which means father and mother of many nations. Pretty cool how he just hooked that one up. He's God, I guess he could do that. Uh, Jacob. Jacob means deceiver, a trickster. If your name's Jacob in here, I'm not trying to call you out, all right? Um, Jacob means deceiver, a trickster, but God gave him a new name. Genesis 32, verse 28, it says, your name 
is no longer Jacob. From now on, it's Israel, which means wrestled with God or God will prevail. He gave him a new name. The last one, you, you've heard of Gideon before. And when I hear the word Gideon or the name Gideon, I think of a guy with a sword and a shield. And he's like, he's like, looks one of those dudes off of 300. Okay, I just think of like a dude that's like stacked. It just sounds like he's like, man, like, whoa. You know, he's just a big dude. It just sounds like he is. This guy was a wuss, okay? Before he met Christ, he was hiding in a cave. And the last thing he was thinking about doing was fighting for God. But God gave him the new name of Mighty Man of Valor, Mighty Warrior. Okay, so some of you that know my, my, my wife, um, and I, I was going to tell a story, but she said, do not tell that story. I said, okay. You, so you learn to listen when you get married. Um, my, my wife has the name of Mighty Warrior. I, I just want you all to know that. Um, she's a rough sleeper. And I sleep with a pillow over my face because she, she, man, she can punch, man. It's like, and she's like having dreams, and I feel the pain. I feel the pain. Um, God wants to give you a new name. And the last person I want to mention, he's not in Scripture, but his name is Amir, okay? Before he became your pastor, okay, his name was Amir. His name still is Amir. Uh, but he now has a label with his name. There's good and bad labels. His label is Pastor Amir. Now, with this... When he got this new name, he would walk in his office. I'd be in there, and he'd be like, Dude, why do people keep calling me Pastor Amir? I just want to be Amir. And I was like, because you're our pastor. What do you mean? Why are they calling you Pastor Amir? And he, like, got counsel about this. Like, I mean, like, met with Pastor Neil and a few other people. He's like, man, I just don't know how to feel about people calling me Pastor. But one thing I remember them telling him is this. I remember people telling Amir, you may not be ready for your new name, but God will grow you into it. You may not be ready for your new name, but God will grow you into your new name. And man, if you are thankful for Pastor Mir, y'all give it up for Pastor Mir again. I'm so thankful that God gave him a new name. I'd give you a different name, though. I think I could think of a lot of them. Uh, just kidding. All right, so you may not be comfortable with your new name, but I promise you God will grow you into it. Um, y'all, my life has not been perfect. And I'm going to tell you a lot of examples of that here in a little bit. Uh, but some of you tonight, for the first time, will encounter the Spirit of God. You will encounter Jesus Christ for the first time, or maybe, maybe you decide to, hey, I'm going to live my life with purpose, and you haven't been doing so. But some of you will walk out of this room with the name of forgiven. Even me, I, there's things that I need to confess to God. I had to get right with God when I was preparing for this talk. Walk out of here with the name forgiven. You may have thought, man, I'm too dirty. I can never, I, I've got to get cleaned up before I come to God. He says, come to me as you are, overcomer. Some of y'all are going to walk out of here and you'll be overcomer. Okay, it would be cool if your name started with O and it was like overcomer, like Ollie, the overcomer, or something like that, Oscar. Um, overcomer. Maybe your whole life somebody has said things about you that have defined the way you live, the way you talk, the way you act. You're going to be labeled as overcomer. Number two, this is the second way that God wants to break the label that you once had because I'm believing you won't have it anymore. Number two, it's God will give you a new purpose. God will give you a new purpose. With a new name comes a new purpose. Uh, one of my favorite examples is uh, one of the disciples, his name is Simon, okay? So you, you know him as Simon Peter, but uh, before he became that, he, he was called out of the boat, and, and Jesus met him where he was at, which he will do for each of you. He met him where he was at, and he said, hey, you're no longer going to fish for fish, but you're going to fish for men, okay? Um, I tricked you. I tricked you. You're no longer going to fish for men, but you're going to be, or no longer going to fish for fish. You confused me. Uh, but you'll be a fisher of men. That sounds kind of creepy. He wasn't walking around like trying to hook people in the mouth, you know. Uh, but he was saying, hey, you're going to be an evangelist. Many people are going to hear about Jesus because of you. 
And look what God does with him. He got a new name, which led to a new purpose, which ended up giving him a new identity. Matthew 16, verse 13 through 16, it said, Jesus is talking with his disciples. It's kind of summarized here. Jesus is talking with these guys, and he asked them, why or who do people say I am? They replied, some say Elijah, some say that you're one of the prophets. And then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Simon answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. That's a pretty good answer. It goes on, verse 17 through 18, it says, Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from a human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. Okay, I'm kind of jealous about that, envious of his name. Not Dwayne Johnson, okay, but like the rock, the rock just sounds solid. Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I'm believing a lot like Simon Peter. God's wanting to build something in you, and all the gates and powers of hell will not conquer it. Because when Jesus comes into your life, everything changes. Some of you may be in denial a lot like I am, okay? I was talking about student loans the other day, and uh, man, that's the real deal, man. I was talking about student loans, and uh, my buddy's actually in here. I was talking with him, and he said, so are you paying on your loans? I was like, no, they're in deferment, which is really just short for saying I'm in denial, okay? <laughs> if any of you have student loans, you know what that means, all right? Some of you young adults, um, denial, man, it's the real deal. Um, be open to the purpose that God has for you. You may not know the end of the story of Peter, Simon Peter, uh, but he didn't always live up to his name. A lot like Seth doesn't always live up to those names I gave you earlier. He denied Jesus three times right before he was going to the cross. Jesus still forgave him. At Pentecost, after the resurrection, uh, Jesus, our God, our living Savior, he picked Peter to be the preacher that day, to be the speaker. 3,000 people came to know him, came to know God that day. 3,000 people came to know Christ. Uh, he lived out his purpose, and he decided that the church, man, it, it was gonna be built on him, a lot like what the word said. Peter ended up dying for his faith. That scares some people, but when you walk with God, it's gonna take some sacrifice on your end. It may not take your life, but a lot of these guys, it did. He was not born a rock, but he did die one. He was not born one, but he died one. Um, God's going to give you a new name tonight. With a new name, it comes a new purpose. With that new purpose, uh, before I go to the next point, I want you to know this. I want you to take the negative label that you associate yourself with and know this, through the power of Christ, hear me out, through the power of Christ, not the power of your buddy that has a relationship with Jesus, not the, not the power of your parents that have lived your faith for you, because that, that was a lot of stuff that I've seen growing up. Not the power of a pastor or somebody staying on stage because we can't really do much but give you the word of God. Through the power of Christ, out of your greatest weakness of your past, God can raise up the greatest strength of your future. I'm gonna say it again. Out of the greatest weakness of your past, God can raise up the greatest strength of your future. And I, I'm believing that God is gonna do this in you. So uh, once again, I want you to repeat after me. Uh, I am not who others say I am. Sounds like I'm at a funeral. I don't know if that sounds like that. That'd be weird. Okay. Uh, I'm not who others say I am. I am what I'm not what I have done. I am who God says I am. God will give you a new name. Point number three, this is the last one. God will give you a new future. 
a new name, a new purpose, a new future. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, it says this, for I know the plans, this is God, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a hope and a future, to give you a hope and a future. And I don't know about y'all, but when I think of future, it scares the crap out of me. And I'm going to be honest with you, this isn't something that I've done very well with giving to God here, here recently. When it came to my job, some of you don't know, but before I got my job right now, I was working like six or seven jobs just trying to pay the bills. I'm not talking about like, like oh, I had one job and then another. No, I had six. It was, it was insane. God was preparing me for something bigger. He was preparing me to trust in him. I've, I haven't always done the best with my future. When it comes to, to, to trusting God with my life and my wife, when I, was, when I was single in the season of singleness, and I was, I was trying to figure out, man, who is my wife? What's this? I, I didn't do the best with trusting God. And even when I started dating Kendra and pursuing her, I was constantly just checking myself, man, is this right? God, I just don't know. I don't, I don't. We don't trust God with our future. And some of you, with your family, which is the hardest thing, we don't trust God with our family sometimes, and, and some of you have heard my story, but man, I have a hard time trusting what God's doing in my dad's life. Back in prison, I have a hard time trusting him, but we have to give our future to God. Y'all, we cannot insult God with our unfaithfulness. We cannot insult God with our lack of faith, our doubt, our anxiety, our fear of the future. I hear so many people who are pessimistic about the future. I didn't really know what that word was for the longest time, but it means you see the glass half full, not, no, half empty. I'm backwards today, not half full, okay? People say stuff like this. My life is always gonna be this way. I'm never gonna be this. I'm never gonna be that. I'm afraid I'm alone. I'm always gonna battle with my sexuality. Let me, let me pause here, and I didn't, this is not in my notes. I want you to know this. In my life personally, and no, I don't think anybody in this room knows this. In my life personally, I have had to come to the cross and say, God, I want you to take these evil desires in my heart and you cast them as far as the east is from the west. I didn't always know who I was on the inside, which means I didn't always know what my sexuality was. And God brings me broken people every week. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. And a lot of it comes back to knowing who they are in Christ and their sexuality. And I think it's because God wants to use something you once struggled with to help somebody else get up out the trenches. Yeah. Out of your greatest weakness can raise up the greatest strength of your future. Man, I'm going I'm to be transparent with you guys. Tell you some areas I've struggled in so that you know you're not alone. Pastor Amir tells me all the time, people uh, in the counseling realm, the re they, they feel like they're the only one that struggles with it. You just need to know you're not. There's been a time in my life where I struggled so bad with lust and pornography that it literally controlled my life. Everything I did, the way I looked at people, the way that I walked through the hallways at school, the way that I went home to my family, every area of my life. Statistics show that 90% of the people from ages 8 to 16 have not only become exposed to it, but they're addicted to it. Last Friday, God has healed me of this, okay? About a year ago, he has healed me of this area of my life. Last Friday, I was in a school at Bologna. About 50 students out of 300 came up to me after class, after the lesson that we teach on pornography and how it affects your heart, your body, your soul, your mind, and they said, I don't want to look at porn anymore. 
I want to live my life different. And Seth, thank you for sharing it. And I didn't want to tell them that I struggled. Why? Because we want everybody else to think it's okay, right? That we're okay. The next thing, man, I, I had an addiction to tobacco. I chewed for four years like a, like a camel, okay? Like a cow. I don't even know if camels chew, but I, I chewed, okay? And I was addicted. Back when I played college ball, everybody else did. I just figured I should do it. And you may be in this room and you say, Seth, you know what? I'm, I smoke or I dip or I drink. I do this, but I'm in control. That's the first step of addiction. You think you're in control, but really it's controlling you. Controlled my life. The last one financially, talking about loans. Mm. Satan, man, that is, the devil's all over them loans, all right? Um, whew, man, if I could wish away one thing, it'd be that one, okay? Uh, financially, y'all, there was a time where I couldn't pay my bills. But God said, I need you to be faithful and still give to the church. The last eight months of my life before I got a full-time job, there were times I didn't know where money was coming from. I've worked for some of you in this room. Thank you, Colton Hyatt. God will provide. He not only will provide, but he gives you abundantly more than you need. Now, not, I don't only just pay my bills and just tie to the church and give to people and support people, but now my wife and I, we have some extra. That's cool, right? Man, God is faithful. He is faithful. Why? Because out of your greatest weakness, God can raise up the greatest strength of your future. He wants to give you a hope and a new future. And so I, I want to close with telling y'all this story um, there's this girl in, in scripture, her name is Rahab. Some of you know her as Rahab the prostitute. Actually, if you read uh, scripture and you see, her name is mentioned eight times in the Bible, and six of those times, it's Rahab the prostitute. There were only two other times where prostitute was not attached to her name. Now, in this time, there were two types of prostitutes. There was a temple prostitute and there was a street prostitute. The temple prostitute, they were like respected, people liked them, the kings were like approval of them. But on the other side, if you were a street prostitute, this is the one that ends up on cops, okay? Um, this is what Rahab was, okay? People didn't really like her, right? Just, if you watch cops, they're on, they're on there. This, in this culture, in this time, this was like the worst label that you could have, was prostitute. She surely thought that she would always be that way. She thought she would never find a husband. Some of us that are in this room, I'm, I'm not feeling that way, okay? I got my wife, but you were thinking, Seth, you know what? I'll never find that person for me. Trust God. He's going to take care of you. I'll never find a husband, and no one's ever going to love me. God stepped on the scene, and he changed this thing up. Let me tell you about it. Scriptures say that when she heard about God, the God of Israel, her heart would melt. Some of you are like, you know what? I'm kind of feeling that, Seth. I'm kind of feeling that right now when you were talking about that Jesus guy. Her heart would melt. She hid two spies in her home. She hid these guys. And so a lot of theologians believe this. I, you know, I'm no theologian, but I just look at what they say. Um, I, I looked at what they said. They said that they believe she hid these two spies in her house just to get to know the God that they knew. Just so that she could be exposed to who this God was that they believed in. She risked her life just to get to know the, the God that they served. Rahab, the prostitute, not only became the savior of these two spies, but she became the savior of a lot of people after that. And this was foreshadowing what was going to happen in many years to come. Oh, it's about to get good. I'm convinced that God gave her a new name. She was like, you know what? Man, I think God's given me a new purpose. 
man, God's about to change my future. God stepped on the scene, brought her salmon. How many of you want to know? That, a husband named Salmon, it just don't sound like it's about to be good, right? <laughs> brought her Salmon was his name. Fish, that's weird, right? Hopefully no one's named Salmon, right? <laughs> brought her Salmon. They got married. Man, and God did some crazy, crazy stuff. They had a son. They had a great-grandson. They had a great-great-grandson and a great-great-great-grandson and a great-great-great-great-great-grandson. Five generations later, her great times five grandson was Jesus Christ. And what you need to know about that is God took somebody that was completely broken and messed up, and he birthed the Savior of the world out of it. And so if he can birth the Savior out of the world out of something that's that messed up, a prostitute in this time, what could he birth out of you? Search your heart. Man, Jesus Christ, born to take away the sins of mankind, changed the world. Out of her greatest weakness came the Savior of the world. Through the power of Christ, through the power of Christ, God will give you a new name. With that new name comes what? A new purpose. I almost said future. And that will come a new future. Man, I just want to share with y'all before uh, worship comes back out and we, we worship and praise the Lord. Um, I just want to tell you, I haven't always got it right. There have been times in my life where I was scraping the bottom trying to get by, trying to figure out how in the world are we going to make this work, God? And he said, hold on, trust in me. I've given you a new name. I've given you a new purpose and I'm going to show you your new future. Just trust me, Seth. So I went on va uh, family vacation. This was about six years ago. After I graduated my senior year, me and my family used to go to the beach. And, and when, I got, when I, we went on vacation, I, I, had a, I had a problem. Some of you have heard this story. I used to take things that didn't belong to me. And I was pretty good at it. I had got away, got away for about two years. I had taken things. I would go into stores. I would take things. I would go to people's homes. I would take things. I was a thief. You want to talk about a label? And I thought this can never be broken. This is something I'm always going to struggle with. So we're on family vacation, and, and we're, in the, we're in the outlet mall, and they're shopping. I walked into a store. I took, I took a shirt. I walked into another store. I'd taken a pair of shoes. I walked into another store, taking something else. And about five stores later, I walked into this sunglass place. And I walked up, and I found the most expensive sunglasses I could get. There were people everywhere. And I, I walked up. I took the, the tags off of them, and I made it out of the door. I got about 50 yards out into the parking lot from here, maybe uh, to where the sound booth is, and I heard someone hollering at me. And so I paused, I turned around, and this lady was like right behind me. She said, I need you to come with me. I need you to come with me. And so I, with my head tucked down, I started walking towards this store, and I knew I was, I knew I was dead. I'd always told myself, Seth, I don't, I don't ever want to be like my father, but I was following in his footsteps. I don't ever want to end up in prison, but I was following in his footsteps. I go, I go back into the store. Everybody in there is staring at me. I've started crying. I like put on some sunglasses that I already had. And I, I just didn't, I didn't know what was about to happen, but I knew that God was in control. Man, I was struggling. I walk back. She pulls me behind the counter. We go around this wall 
And this lady pulls me back into this room and she's like, what's your name? Where are you from? Seth, I'm from Jacksonville. Are you here with your family? Yes, ma'am, I'm here with my family. She, she looked me in my face and I will never forget what she said to me. She said, Seth, you are not a thief. And at this time, I didn't have a relationship with God. I just prayed to him and hope he would answer my prayers. She said, Seth, you are not a thief. I don't believe you are a thief. I don't care how long you have stolen things. How many want to know this, probably, this lady is probably filled with the Holy Spirit? And she started speaking things over my life. She said, but you're not getting off scratch free. I need you to call your mom. And I was like, shoot. <laughs> so I called my mom. I'm crying. I'll never forget. Got off the phone after apologizing to my mom. This lady looks me in the face. She says, Seth, I need you to pay for these glasses or I need you to get out of this store because you're about to be arrested. So I paid, I'm like shaking, I just like handed her cash and like got the glasses and walked out. And out making my way out of the door, the police were walking in. There were two cop cars sitting outside. Grace? Everybody bow your heads for me.